0: Hi guys, welcome to the Nagel Podcast, and I'm your host Christine Dirito. So welcome back to the COVID series, and today we talk about diabetes in the context of COVID. And I'm joined today by Betty, who is a nutritionist who specializes in diabetes. And I'm going to give Betty some time to introduce herself. So Betty. <laughs>
1: Okay, so my name is Betty O'Kere, I am a clinical dietitian and I practice in private practice. I am also a holder of a diploma in diabetes and uh, health protection. Mm -hmm. So basically on a day to day basis, I manage patients with diabetes and other chronic illnesses, as well as general nutrition practice. I'm right. also a speaker in um, most of the medical conferences.
0: All right. So I guess we can just start by defining what diabetes is. Okay,
1: so for us to have a proper definition of diabetes is to first of all find out what is the general what is the general characteristic of diabetes and that would be hyperglycemia or what we call high blood sugar. And uh, a couple of times, it will also be uh, characterized by low sugars. But essentially, in general, we are talking about a a medical condition, which will have uh, deranged blood glucose levels. So when we first of all diagnose it, we will be seeing somebody who has got uh, higher than normal blood glucose readings, sometimes accompanied by symptoms. Well, yeah. The common symptoms of diabetes, which would be excess thirst, frequent urination, you know, um, excessive weight loss and, and sudden unexplained weight loss. Amongst others, or sometimes in uh, diabetes type 1, what you would see as diabetes ketoacidosis could be mm-hmm. an, an acute uh, complication. But the general or the, the baseline is that we have deranged sugars mostly. Uh, characterized by hyperglycemia all
0: right we have the different kinds of uh, diabetes and maybe we can just mention those so starting with the type 1 diabetes you mentioned it
1: there exist different types of diabetes as you see they are quite a number probably more yeah. than eight but what is common to a biggest um, a bigger population is uh, uh, what we know as type 1 diabetes then type 2 diabetes and gestational diabetes that's based on the fact that type two diabetes, which quote unquote we'd like to call the adult onset diabetes, would be mm-hmm. uh, or non-insulin dependent as what we used to call it earlier on. Now that has since changed because it's not based on the treatment regimen, rather based oh. on um, other, other characteristic uh, diag- diagnostic criteria. So type two diabetes, you'd probably find it more in adults you'd probably find it in people who are experiencing insulin resistance or insufficient insulin or both of them. And there, there is a chance of using both the tablets and or insulin. And uh, as we say, there is a hereditary uh, connotation to it, that there is a hereditary factor to it. And if it was there in the family, then you would probably see several other members of the family being susceptible to type 2 diabetes. Uh, Then the other type is the uh, and, and and type 2, what I probably didn't say is that will affect about 95% of all the persons with diabetes. It would probably be type 2 diabetes. They would have type 2 diabetes. And then um, now the gestational diabetes, of course, from the name, you know, that is during the gestation period. It's, it's only women who are uh, uh, can, can get into the gestation um, period now. Some, something uh, strange or a bit unclear about gestational diabetes, sometimes you could have somebody who had type 2 diabetes, but it's only in pregnancy that we get diagnosed diabetes. That doesn't yeah. make them have gestational diabetes. Basically, from the definition, def- gestational diabetes should be diabetes that has occurred or started in pregnancy when it is being di- diagnosed. Not because somebody is late for a diagnosis of, Uh, type 2 diabetes. And a characteristic of gestational diabetes, once the pregnancy is uh, over and done with, you'll find most of the patients actually just normalizing their blood sugars because that which was pushing their sugars to go high, which is the the resistance from the uh, pregnancy hormones, now has come down and uh, they no longer are suffering uh, that resistance, insulin resistance. And then lastly to type 1 diabetes, which is mostly seen in young children and can also be found in young adults and it's characterized by absolute lack of insulin. Okay. And for that reason, they actually have to be on insulin injections probably all their life. Yeah. And, uh, it might not necessarily have some hereditary aspect to it. It can actually be a risk for any other child. And that's why we call it autoimmune. Why it happens, how it happens. That is still not very clear. We just know that it's autoimmune in the, in the event, uh, in, 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 in terms of the body might actually just decide to, to fight, for lack of a better word, itself, thereby destroying mm. the, the cells that would be giving us the insulin. And so we don't have insulin completely and we must find a, re- a way of into the body of the child. All
0: right. All right. I like like the the, the highlight bit on the the gestational diabetes, where you mentioned that often it will go away after the pregnancy period, and so then that would be like a good indicator of that you actually have type 2 diabetes, Uh which then would cover the misdiagnosis that could have probably happened, where you get diabetic when you're pregnant and assume that it is gestational. Yes. (sighs) Yes. Okay, so now uh, we we have been, uh, we are now in the COVID period and uh, we have found like the studies so far show people having comorbidities or rather having other conditions are becoming more vulnerable to, yes. they are more vulnerable to COVID and also have, uh, they get more severe outcomes when they get COVID. And so I want mm-hmm. to, I, I'd like us to, to explore mm-hmm. like, um, what risk does uh, COVID pose to people who are living with diabetes? And maybe you can actually just mention the the the, the susceptibility with having the comorbidities.
1: Well, it's not... I, I am yet to come across data that will support the fact that if you have diabetes, you are more susceptible to contracting COVID. There is, there is really no data that says... Um, the risk of a person who has diabetes to contracting COVID is higher than of the mm-hmm. normal population. It's actually the same risk. Usually, okay. what happens, and for, this is for all diseases really, if you have mm. uncontrolled blood sugar levels, you are always above target, or you're not within target. Really, okay. you're more susceptible to an illness, whatever it is, COVID or otherwise. Okay. And that is why wow. you know, even when we talk, we talk about wounded diabetics, it's not every diabetic patient who has got a, a wound will have a problem with that wound healing. It, it it bears down back to what is their blood glucose control. Are they controlled or they're uncontrolled? If they're uncontrolled, definitely, you know, um, increased blood sugar levels will increase inflammation and sicknesses in generally will increase inflammation. So you're more likely to have more severe symptoms and complications if you're affected by any disease, just like in COVID. And um, yeah. do we have data that will say that we have had more diabetics die from the, from the COVID as opposed to people of uh, general population? Not quite, not quite. Mm-hmm. If somebody mm-hmm. went in sick and they were diabetic, maybe they've contracted COVID, the, the symptoms will be severe in that that disease itself will make the control of the diabetes be a bit difficult to manage. Just like any yeah. other disease. If you have, let's say, flu, for example, and you have diabetes, then that need for excess um, or that, that adrenaline output so that your body is actually protected, you know, the fight-flight uh, hormone, will make the yeah. of diabetes be difficult, just like in any other condition. And why, for, for example, like the patients who are on insulin, you probably need to adjust their dose when it comes to sick day management for a patient with with diabetes.
0: Mm.
1: But it doesn't like seclude them and say so you have diabetes, you're definitely going to get COVID, you know, you're at a higher risk. The risk is actually the same but it could get complicated if you get the COVID and you already have diabetes or any other of the underlying conditions that come with diabetes. It could be hypercholesterolemia, it could be uh, high blood pressure, it could be a kidney complication, you know, a heart complication. So as long as you have all those things, but they are under control, then your risk is yeah. just the same as anybody else in the population.
0: Okay. So, and that, then I would imagine that also applies to uh, when, like you said, when you get COVID, the same way your risk is not because of having diabetes, it is the complications that could result from diabetes.
1: Yes. And, and what is your control as you're contracting this other disease? And, you, so, you know, what, one thing with COVID is that um, being a very novel disease to us, yeah, we are still trying to find out, really, what is this COVID? And what else can it do? And every single day, I think this keeps evolving. And we are still just learning. We are still just researching so much more and, and to, to just try and see what is it that... We are able to get well uh, correctly and what is it that we are not able to to get correctly like i i yeah. know mm, when we are talking about complications of diabetes and we're talking about uh, dka in uh in in type one in type one diabetes you know so, so if, if a child has got diabetes ketoacidosis then we are talking about them having deranged electrolytes all right which can yeah. compromise the heart function can uh, compromise the fluid balance in the cells Okay, and even how much the fluid is actually taking or may even uh, send them into septic shock or uh, let's say brain edema and such things. So if if then they're in DKA and they already had uh, had uh, COVID, you know, that that now complicates everything else that we are trying to to do. It might make them be more sick. Or take a much longer time in in patients than they would take if there was nothing else that was complicated in them okay. but that doesn't yeah. make them be worse off in terms of oh i am a type one i am probably going to get uh, covid um more or i'm more at risk of covid because i'm a type one than mm. that as a child my my age you know all aspects standard who doesn't have uh diabetes
0: I hear you. and Maybe you can just say what DKA is in a simple language.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I am trying to wonder how simple you want it to be. Basically, the, uh, DKA is a uh, short
0: form for... We, we would relate in terms of diabetes ketoacidosis, but I'm yeah. just thinking for, for the listener's sake. So basically what they think. need
1: to understand mm-hmm. is that uh, how someone falls into diabetes ketoacidosis if yeah. there is um, there's no insulin production and let's say this patient has been in chronic hyperglycemia or their, their sugars have been very very high over a period of time. and so yeah. what the signal that is being sent to the brain is that the patient is hungry and needs mm. energy for fuel, all right? which yes. is normally gotten yeah. from, from your carbohydrates and, you know, from that glucose being able to get into the cells. But mm-hmm. the glucose is being produced, but it's not getting into the cells. So what will the body do? It will look for an alternative source of energy, which will be fat as the next available source of energy. But as this fat yeah. is being broken down, The byproduct of this fat is called ketones, which can actually, in accumulation in large amounts, can uh, send the patient to be in an acidic state, which now, as we had said earlier, will compromise the fluid balance in the cells, what the the, the body gets in and out of the cells. And that is why you see most patients who have chronic hyperglycemia and even DKA will have sudden weight loss, unexplained, Um, maybe this person is suffering from. Uh, dehydration, And then there'll be a characteristic electrolyte imbalance. You're having your yeah. potassiums, and creatinines, and everything just, you know, out of target. Yes. So that, that is basically how I can explain what this diabetes ketoacidosis is.
0: Yes, and I think that is a lot. I mean, that, that is understandable. So you've explained, you know, the complications. And I, I suppose like from, I've seen some of the studies and there have been reports that uh, people who are, who are diabetic, They have. Uh, they are more likely to be um, to be hospitalised, like with COVID, and I think that also comes with. I think basically, when you're sick, your sugar levels get interfered with. There's a yes. way. There's the, a the management. The
1: management of blood sugar when when you're sick yes. actually yes. gets gets a mm-hmm. bit challenging. So mm-hmm. you probably might have more severe symptoms as a diabetic patient. Especially if the sugars are controlled or if that state of sickness actually has pushed your sugars above limit and may warrant you to be hospitalized. Not really the case, but you would have more of such people getting hospitalized. And again, just uh, to ensure that care is round the clock and very close so that we do not then lose the patient for something that would have been uh, avoided Mm. in the first place.
0: All right. And uh, I don't know whether we have, we've answered this when you were talking about the decay, but uh, mm-hmm. the reason why, why is it more like, why do people who have an infection, especially, especially viral infections, people mm-hmm. with diabetes, mm-hmm. that is, why mm-hmm. are they more likely to get decay?
1: So as we had said earlier on, we
0: mm. are... Um, It's over
1: a a prolonged period of chronic hyperglycemia, chronically high sugars over a period of time, that your body will uh, be more likely to be susceptible to diabetes ketoacidosis, all right? Now look at this sick person. There is an, an increased energy demand from the inflammation that is happening during sickness, of Mm. any nature, including viral infection. And actually, viral infections in themselves are known to increase inflammation. So as the body is trying to fight this, the sugars are going up, and it is because of maybe insufficient insulin at this point, because there's higher resistance, okay? Then it starts to use fat as an alternative source of, of energy. And this now poses the risk of diabetes ketoacidosis.
0: There are, there are suggestions that uh, or there have been cases where people after getting covid they have elevated sugars for long periods even when they did not have diabetes in, the, in initially like by the, by the time of they contracted the virus they, they didn't have they weren't diabetic but after mm-hmm. treatment there have been cases of people who have elevated sugars for a long time and even like being diagnosed with diabetes mm-hmm. so uh, is COVID cause, causing diabetes or what is the relationship with elevated sugars for people who do not who did not know that they were diabetic?
1: I actually might not say that uh, if you get COVID, then you will have diabetes. I know <laughs> there are people who've suffered uh, steroid-used uh, diabetes. Okay, yeah. But now what is yeah. not even clear in those papers is is mm-hmm. it that it is the steroid induced diabetes or these people were actually they were susceptible to have diabetes type 2 in the first place they had all the risk yeah. factors and mm. the, the body was just waiting for something that would trigger yeah. you know even when you have even when you have um even when you have um what do you call it when you have diabetes in the family yeah And Mm -hmm. uh, there is a risk factor of you becoming diabetic. I always tell my patients, you know, that's like having a gun which is loaded with bullets and then it's put on the table. That gun cannot kill. Mm. For that gun (laughs) to kill, somebody must be able to pull the trigger. Now, this Mm -hmm. trigger that you're uh, pulling is uh, probably the lifestyle that you're living. Sedentary lifestyle, uh, overweight and obesity, uh, chronic uh, stress unmanaged uh, for a long time, the excessive intake of alcohol, you know, so something must yeah. push your body for you to be able to actually diagnose uh, the diabetes. So could it be that uh, these steroids are just um, something to pull the trigger, okay, mm-hmm. so that as much as steroids would elevate blood glucose levels in, in any patient, yeah, because now yeah. The, the, the liver is actually Uh, that hepatic output of glucose the the liver is actually overproducing uh, glucose all right and Mm. as as that is happening the muscles are not really using up that glucose in the same rate that it is being produced all right which might also bring a problem to the uh, function of the insulin making cells like are they able to cope with what what is happening but it it is a it is a catch-22 and as i say Uh, We're still learning about uh, diabetes, but I I don't think I have come across a paper which has actually said that, you know what, uh, having COVID equals to having uh, diabetes. That is one. Two, have I seen patients who've come out of um, um, a COVID infection, probably hospitalization, and now have elevated blood sugars? Yes. So there is chronic hyperglycemia, probably the. After the yeah. use of steroids, whether they have a history of diabetes or not, but thirdly also, I would um, not want to take it so hard on COVID. However much mm. we're still learning about it, because most of the times you'll we'll ask a patient, "Do you know anybody in your family with diabetes?" and they'll say, "No." Truly, they don't know, but that's because the other person who's sick in their family with diabetes has never said, has, has probably never even told the children and the wife. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Hmm, okay, and I, I think maybe just to give it context why we are referring to steroids because steroids are being used as part of the treatment for treatment people for with diabetes, COVID. COVID, yes. Yeah. yeah, with COVID, because of like trying to bring down the inflammation. Yes. And uh, even before COVID, like steroids have been known to increase blood sugar levels.
1: Yeah, both in so, patients with diabetes and those without.
0: Yeah, and, and yeah, and those without. So because yeah. of the, how they operate the they have been there've been reports of it reduces uptake in the uptake of glucose in the muscles and basically just many. yeah so so that that gives it context and I, and i like i like the way that you addressed it and i also like that um well we are still learning like you said covid is still very new so okay maybe not new but every day is different like i was yes. talking to somebody uh, sandra Who is in the in the who is working in the isolation center in Kakamega? And she was telling me about how they have seen differences in the different waves, COVID waves, Mm -hmm. so much that when initially we thought like you had a script, like you knew how what to do, then you find Mm -hmm. that you can't manage. Like what they used sometimes used to manage in the first wave is now different with, with the current wave that we are in. Yes, and so I think, and I'll actually,
1: and actually, on, on on the same line, and actually, I, I probably have had the opportunity to to manage most of these patients, especially those on home care. You know, at one point, the hospitals were not able to accommodate everyone, and uh, those who are yeah. lucky to have, you know, your, their ICU beds at home, or you know, basically able to afford home home nursing care, I was able to manage yeah. most of them. And and initially, you know, you would go and you see the classic symptoms. And uh, uh, not able to breathe properly, you know they're struggling to breathe, and they're weak, fatigued. They have lost appetite. Now you go and actually you ask where's the patient because you're probably thinking the patient is somewhere in the room, and the person mm. talking to you is the patient, and there's actually nothing wrong with them except for the fact that they've t- t- tested positive for 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 COVID. Or for yeah. some of them, everything will be okay, and probably a few deranged um, lab works here and there, not very characteristic. So you can't say that. I saw so the first patient had had, got, uh, had um, uh, liver, their, their liver enzymes deranged. I expect that in the second patient or this particular one, the CRPs were raised. I expect this in the third patient. They could be from the same family, all exhibiting different uh, signs and symptoms and some not even having any signs and symptoms. Or somebody basically tells you the only reason I went to test is because I did not have taste or sense of smell and I went to test and then I turned positive, but otherwise they're just okay. Another one probably have the sense of smell and taste, but they are struggling to breathe. They are, they're panting if they take um, maybe a flight of just five stairs, staircases. So it's it's, it's also new and so different. It evolves every day. Uh, yeah. We can't really say we have gotten it right. And even with the treatment, it, it keeps changing. Now you will realize in older patients, like would happen to any other disease, Probably also the outcomes might be a bit severe because the body is already, already beaten. Maybe the immune is not as strong. Yet you find it in the children who are probably the carriers. They would be positive, but they are running around,
0: you know? Yeah. Yeah, actually, children have had very mild symptoms. They're probably the carriers in it- and the
1: ones who are infecting the others. <laughs>
0: It, it is it is possible because they have been. I mean, very, I don't. Even, I have not heard of any report of uh, Like you know, like very few severe cases. Actually, I've only had
1: two. I've only had yeah. two.
0: So then I, 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 I am I'm following the discussion, and I'm thinking there is no particular special thing that somebody who has diabetes could do to prevent COVID. It, Actually, so far what
1: we yeah. know and what we can bet that is working. Is you know that what what we're told every single day, wash your hands yeah. so if there is water with soap and water, probably running water. Sanitize if you do not have soap. Wear your mask, wear it properly, change it as often as you can, and keep mm-hmm. your distance. Avoid crowded places. Basically, avoid your interaction with the virus. That that so far is the best. Uh, so I have had other quarters where people and mostly in blog spots and people will say you. Uh, take your vitamin D supplements, take your zinc supplements, take your vitamin C supplements, and then you know you'll be able to protect yourself from COVID. Contrary, COVID will just get you if it needed to get you. All right? If it found yeah. you having a deficiency of the so-called uh, micronutrients, it might be severe. But do we have a way of having extra so that we have a buffer or protection? Not quite. So you will not mm-hmm. say, I start taking my vitamin D tablets, because then, that way, I'll keep the body in check. The body will just take what it needs. The rest, i do not know sure what you'll use it for. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, I am, not, I am not seeing a study that is coming out and saying that um, you're not deficient of vitamin D and zinc, and then you decided to take an extra dose, and so you are protected. Not quite. But if you are deficient yeah. or if you had already contracted it, there might be a bit of help with, with taking the vitamin C, zinc, and, um, and vitamin D. And if you look at the, 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 the common factor in all those micronutrients, is that they are anti-inflammatory, really.
0: Mm.
1: You're just trying to minimize the, the, the inflammation.
0: Yeah. Yes. I like I like that you have made reference to that because also Sandra had insisted the same thing. You know, initially when COVID started, everybody went crazy getting supplements. Yes, there was yes. C there, there was zinc there, there was I don't know. There were so many supplements being sold all over. Mm-hmm. And of course, the selling point was that this will keep you from getting COVID.
1: You're for, you're forgetting the the lemon ginger drink. And people oh, yeah. put so much sugar into it in the name of honey, and diabetics was hospital with the raised blood sugars.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, because actually, even for diabetes, for people with diabetes, honey does count as sugar. That needs it is to be made very clear. Yes, yes, that nut needs to be made very clear that honey is indeed sugar, and with diabetes, it is not. It's not the table sugar. It's anything that has sugar. Yes, and I however give
1: whichever, honey. however whichever the source, even and, and I keep making jokes and references about it that uh, diabetes does not care that uh, you went and got your honey from, from uh, Baringo, you know, and you even beaten by the bees. No, 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 no. It just knows this is sugar. When I get it, yeah. it gets into my system. I turn it into glucose. And this glucose, you're able to absorb this much because of the medications that you have or the insulin that you're using or what your body can produce. And this excess will remain in your bloodstream. So that's all the yeah. body knows. It doesn't, uh, it is not selective. and says, oh, you've gotten your sugar from Ogali. I will be careful with you. You've gotten yours from Baringo honey.
0: You've gotten yours from Kitui." No, 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 no. It doesn't think like <laughs> that. I like that example. <laughs> and I also want to add on the masks that thing of changing your mask frequently i think okay maybe now it isn't so much but i think initially when the directive came of masking up people are using one mask for you know yeah for for several days yeah
1: for several days i think now the prices are better so maybe Mm -hmm. people are able to afford at least a mask a day again depends where you are for those of us who are in this field we probably you know as uh, it matters how, how many patients have you interacted with, and you probably, I call it germophobia. <laughs> probably just want to change your mask every two or four hours. <laughs> Again, what works for you? You want to double mask because you probably know that day you have a lot of patients and you're probably interacting with a lot of people. You know, it just, what works for you? What really works for you? But masking up is not a choice. Washing your hands with clean water and soap and running water or using a sanitizer and keeping your distance is really not a choice. It's, it, it's, it's a decision that we have to make. And yeah. then I hear most young people will say, you know, I don't have diabetes and I am healthy, so why am I doing all these things? Not for you. You probably are the carrier. You will meet somebody else who's diabetic or has got any other underlying condition that makes their immune not be as strong as yours, and you transfer the disease to them. And that actually it's- is the reason why we should vaccinate, really.
0: Yes, and yes. Now let's even talk about the vaccination, <laughs> <laughs> because I mean, like like you say, the younger people they could be carriers. That is that is that is true. And uh, you're doing it for them, like yes. like they say. But uh, yeah, people need to get vaccinated, and especially these people who have comorbidities. Yes. So one, one,
1: one thing that um, I am seeing a lot, even as we read about uh, vaccine information and what it does, you know, just um, so briefs about the same, eh? is that when once you have um, fully been vaccinated, it does not prevent you from getting from get, getting COVID. However, the the outcomes are more favourable like uh, I, i'm not to try and compare it with flu because it's not a common flu but you yeah. probably find that uh, people who have already been vaccinated uh, or have the flu vaccine when they get the the flu virus or infection then probably the symptoms are not severe it may not lead to hospitalization or death okay and even yeah. if you are you are in hospital the, the Maybe the symptoms will not be as aggressive as somebody else who doesn't have. It doesn't prevent you from getting the the COVID in the first place. You will get it, but you'll have more favorable outcomes. How favorable? We do not know, but at least there is evidence. Or that if somebody has got um, an immunosuppressed system, maybe HIV, Mm -hmm. diabetes or cancer, anything that would compromise the immune system and... Then COVID would bring them down so so fast, or, or would hit them so hard. If they had the vaccine, that would be, would be would be better. Like even the symptoms would be less severe. And if then you have it, your chances of transmitting it, you know, uh, to mm. to the population is actually reduced. Yeah, mm. because uh, at least you have the vaccinations. Now something else is coming up, and someone will say, Betty, I am looking for J and J or I'm looking mm. for, for Moderna, where where are they injecting? And I'm asking them, okay, before you only had uh, the AstraZeneca vaccine, did you know anything else existed? So why no. why why are you even preferring one to the other when mm. you have not even seen how the first one works? Since the vaccine is a vaccine. It's just like, um, if, even if they say the efficacy, the efficacy is, is the same. Are you still going to get the, the COVID? Yes. Are you still mm-hmm. going to be protected? Yes. You know? It's it's probably yeah. in it loosely said somebody is making cooking fat, but we are all naming it three different names without probably mentioning the manufacturer's name. But what is the base? We are all using cooking fat.
0: Yeah, the best vaccine is the one that is closest to you. Mm-hmm. This
1: mm-hmm.
0: Between, between now and you getting that that particular one which you are preferring, you don't know what could happen between that in that period. Yes, and you could have
1: gotten COVID. And getting into exactly. severe symptoms and landed in ICU and one month down the line, we need to, we need to, you know, do a Harambe to give you 5 million Kenya shillings or 60 yeah. million for that. How severe the complications were. Yet between you and the next hospital where the vaccine was being given for free and you didn't want mm-hmm. AstraZeneca, you wanted Moderna was just yeah. a 20 minutes drive. True. Yeah.
0: Or even a walk. Yeah. Exactly. i mean the, the point is guys you need to get vaccinated because yeah again the best vaccine and the one that will help is actually the one that's closest to you not that one that you're waiting for which you don't know when it will get to you get the one closest to you it works as good and betty has really illustrated it and and
1: all the all the all the politics around uh, this vaccine i don't know what everything will always have have politics so you do your part. You let God do yeah. the rest, if at least you believe in, in, in the existence of God, and uh, let science uh, continue doing its best, so that uh, you do not don't, don't fight what you don't know. Mm-hmm. Let's let's just do what we need to do. Let's just get the let's just get, uh, the vaccine. Really, let's just be vaccinated.
0: <laughs>
1: Word line. Yes, just get the vaccine. Whatever the drama and the politics is surrounding it. At least for those of us who've gotten it, uh, there was a joke that I saw the other day, and they're saying people who've gotten mm-hmm. the vaccines are watching out for those who have not gotten the vaccine, and each group is looking at the other to see who is going to die before who. <laughs> I think we do, we do not have that pleasure, so just get vaccinated, guys.
0: <laughs> and if we are going to become aliens, then over time we okay. might end up. They might end up being the humans that the aliens feed on because by the end of the day, <laughs> ultimately, the, high, the number will increase. And that's the goal. Yeah. And I think we make reference to the past. Like, we are here today. If we have not, like, we, we have the life expectancy that we have today because of a lot of advancements that have been made in medicine. And that includes vaccinations. If you yes. look back to the, uh, the earlier years, people used to die of, I mean, it's really evolved. And even uh, th- that at the time when we needed a vaccine, it came sooner.
1: Yes, and even appreciate yeah. the fact that somebody else is in the lab trying to whatever you imagine they're doing, but at least they're trying to come up with something that will alleviate our pain and suffering, even just for a, for a, for a bit, you know. So yeah, we we all try. Yes, yeah. live in the in the good of every human being, really.
0: <laughs> that is true. So on top of getting vaccinated, what else can the di- people living with diabetes do to stay healthy?
1: So one, get get your blood sugars in control. If you have any other comorbidity, like you have a high blood pressure or a heart condition, just try to make sure that is in check. Uh, You're on medications for, or treatment for any condition. Just make sure you are adhering to your medications and all that you have been advised to do. If it is eating, if it is... Um, it is doing your exercises, you know, don't wait for that time where uh, you come to me and I say, this weight is a bit on the high side and we have to lose it and that's because you've come from uh, the, the COVID, you've just recovered from COVID and you're like, I need to do this here and now, you know, just maintain, make it a lifestyle, something that you'll be able to to do for the rest of your life. Just make it something that you're used to doing. Make small changes that eventually will will. Will, will do very well. I I I I had a client who told me that what they feared the most is when they went to hospital they were having difficulties breathing and all he could remember was uh, the the you know the initial stages of how you got COVID and what would happen and you know people would just die because they were unable to breathe. So every time he would sleep and 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 wake up, he actually was more stressed that he he fell asleep. <laughs> he could have died. <laughs> <laughs> so I know, I know it sounds funny, but that that is what scared him. So when when he left the hospital and the doctor said, you know, so from here you're going to watch your diet. You know, you are at risk. you I can see your blood glucose is elevating. Probably it's from the treatment. But you see, you have a relative who has diabetes. You're a high risk candidate. So please go and work with a dietitian. The guy has worked. He has worked, and trust me, it has paid off. <laughs> Yeah,
0: so
1: don't, don't, don't wait for that moment when now it is a matter of uh, do or die. Just make it a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Don't look mm-hmm. at, um, you know, there are, I know people who are doing exercises and they still die. We will all die. But if there was yeah. anything I could prevent or do to, to lengthen my days, or even if my days are, uh, I already have the disease, but I am living a much healthier life with less pain, mm-hmm. then I would do it. And most of the times, those things cost nothing.
0: And it's actually the more about the quality of life. Like you're saying, less pain. You know, it's yes. it's one thing to have a condition, but it's another thing to have a condition that really eats you up, you know. And, like, you can have diabetes and pretty much live a, a good life because it's not, you don't have complications, you don't have, you know, and you not having complications is actually dependent on your lifestyle.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's uh, what what quality of life do you want to, to live? Do you want a short, sweet one or do you want... Uh a very long and boring one. or And, and what do we consider boring, really? If, if we look at it, uh, again, uh, another joke that I would say is that uh, e- even the weevils and, you know, this bacteria knows what to eat so that when you keep fresh food in the, in the fridge or, or, you know, you're freezing it so that you can use it. Three days later, you're arguing with everybody in the house and, and, you know, quarreling to watch them to eat that food because it will be bad. It will be infested with maybe the moles and all that. But your yeah. bad processed food, you keep it in the fridge even the bacteria does not want to go near it one month down True. the day it is still fresh yeah yeah so it, it's a choice very tough uh, decisions that we have to make based on mm. what really we want out of life
0: and as far as nutrition goes because nutrition plays a very big role as far as diabetes is concerned yes. is there any such thing as a diabetic diet
1: not quite because when, when we advise um, our patients, for example, you have high weight and you have type 2 diabetes and we are trying to advise you to have a diet that will be mm. low in calories because we want to have a caloric deficit so that you do not continue gaining weight in other, uh, but actually lose it, all right? That is a diet yeah. that will be given to anyone who is overweight and does not have uh, uh, diabetes. If then we're looking at the control of blood sugar, we are probably asking you, you're consuming all these carbohydrates and, uh, you know, all these fats or you're consuming all these salt and you have high blood pressure, what is going to happen to you? When you take these mm-hmm. carbohydrates and it is uh, the processed type, for example, and you're taking a big portion before you fill your, your tummy, so then even the calories have also increased, that the sugars are increasing, what are you trying to do yeah. to your body? Whereas if you were to take the whole grain, probably, you'd have a much lesser quantity, so less calories, and your sugars would be uh, you know, more favorable, more controlled. So it's the same thing. It's basically healthy eating. What you don't need to you don't take... Why are you sitting down for a plate of ugali or a plate of rice or, you know, two plates of gederi, and then you're going to bed, bit, bit sense, really. Only mm. take what you would use.
0: In fact, a, a friend asked me the other day why, who said that whenever it is ugali, ugali has to be three quarter of a plate and and just a little of vegetables and, you know, and not-so-general serving of meat.
1: And, and those, those, those are the people who, again, between building a house and, uh, and repairing a house, for example, when talking about proteins, uh, mm. proteins are for growth and repair. So between the person who is growing and the person who is repairing, who needs more? Yeah. But you will see in most of our families, the father yeah. who is repairing would probably have a larger plate than the child who's building. You know, it, it beats logic. But again, maybe it is um, the awareness that we haven't created. And if we are yeah. trying to create it, we haven't done it enough. Or yeah. we are waiting for shortcuts and we are actually encouraging and caught in trouble by telling people that there are shortcuts, you know, just starve yourself for the next two weeks, you lose your weight. Yeah. Definitely, if you starve yourself, there's no rocket science. You lose weight. But how long are you able to starve yourself? Is it sustainable, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so the quick fixes. Maybe even as we create awareness on the same, we should be able to see what to do about those quick fixes.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that. And I think the, the end is that it's quality. It is quality over quantity. And the sure. quality is always in the, the vegetables, those things that give you more fiber. And in fact, even that, like, why we need fiber is because uh, we, fiber helps even in the slow so production of the glucose. Sure, sure, it does.
1: And I mean, yeah. the same meal with, with, with vegetables, and one without, you'll have a difference mm. in blood sugar levels. That's what, if I see my diabetic patients, they know I will make you test. And you will yeah. test, at least for the next two, week, two weeks, you will test as you eat what I have told you. So that when you come back for the next session, you are the one teaching me. Because mm. once it is ingrained in you, I do not have yeah. to worry about what you'll do for the next three months before you come for your next appointment. Does that Mm -hmm. work? Then somebody says, why are you doing that? Then if your your patients probably get into reversal or they're able to control themselves better, they're not going to come back. But they will spread the word. And for what I've done to them, 10 others will come. And out of the Mm -hmm. 10, probably, trust me, there are three that will not just want to do what is right. And you will still be using the medication. So at the end of the day, it's not about business. It is about, are you able to impact on the life of just one person? Mm. And is that able to change the perception of another person who probably would have lost uh, hope or would have lost uh, the will to live or to, you know, try and fight it. And that applies to basically all, all, uh, all diseases, really, especially the chronic illnesses, the lifestyle
0: uh, illnesses. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, then. So what parting shot would you like to give? All right. So
1: <laughs> let's let's not just try to do one thing right, you know? Uh <laughs> yeah. you may have been given a diagnosis of whatever disease it is, but just try to do one thing right and once you achieve that, pick the next thing. When you look mm. at it at the end of the year, it will be so much. And then make that a habit as opposed to you know postponing procrastination. Just if you have to do anything, just do one thing right. When you yeah. perfected it from practice. Pick the next mm. one, then you create a habit.
0: And I think I, I'll add that people need to normalize talking about their health because, I mean, we have people who have diabetes. You you having diabetes and letting your family members know will go a long way in helping them know what they're looking like. In terms of uh, when you're taking history of do you have somebody who's diabetic in your family, in a way it can help people to adopt a healthy lifestyle and also whatever you're practicing can you make it a family practice and not just for you you know the separation of your diabetic and we are not and and that is
1: why that is why for me there is nothing called diabetic diet
0: mm-hmm.
1: because if if a patient comes to me and i always fight with my my the guardians for my type 1 patients or their parents mm-hmm. they say mm-hmm. no you see, i've been giving him brown rice and he refuses to eat and i ask the child who else is eating brown rice in your house? This says, nobody, just me. Who else mm-hmm. is eating brown bread in the house? Nobody's just me. Yesterday, what did you have for supper? My mommy gave me chapati, gave me um, meat, and then gave me a lot of vegetables. And what did she eat? You know, yesterday she said she didn't feel like it. It's just she was having her chips and juice. And I say, you know what? The next time they do that to you, eat what they're eating. <laughs> because you're not eating poison. You're not Mm -hmm. eating poison if sacrifices have to be made. The child who has diabetes has not particularly done something wrong for them to warrant the diabetes. So why are they being Mm. punished for their condition? If we are changing because it is healthy, then we should all
0: change. And that ends our show today. (laughs) I would not (laughs) want to do what you just said. (laughs) Thank you so much. I I
1: I can go on and on and on.
0: But this is just the beginning. I'm sure we'll have another session where we can just talk in detail something. And maybe you can even share a case, a case of a, a patient that you have managed. And especially, I think, still with COVID. Yeah, but sure. uh, look forward to learning more. Yeah. Thank you so, so much.
1: Definitely. And thank you for that opportunity.
0: I hope it helps
1: one other person somewhere and uh, that we can continue spreading the good news. And uh, congratulations for the good work that you're doing. It is not very easy. And uh, it's actually a challenge that you've taken up. Please keep doing it. Don't tire. And uh, yeah, let's teach our people. That's that's the awareness that we're creating. No government is going to come and do it for us.
0: (laughs) Yes. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this session as much as I did. And I actually thought that... Betty had such little time because it was so interesting talking to her about diabetes and I hope that you've learned something and uh, again guys remember we are still in, uh, in the COVID time and we still need to observe the measures that have been put in place, that's wearing your mask, washing your hands with soap, sanitizing and of course keeping social distance. And uh, like Betty says, if you are diabetic, you these are the very things that are going to help you stay, uh, at least try to minimize your risk. And also, if you still haven't gotten the vaccine and you have access to it, please, please go and get it. And uh, a reminder, you can follow the Nudge Health Podcast on the socials as Nudge Health Podcast or now. Facebook, on uh, Instagram, and you can get notifications every time that I have a new post up. So until next time, take care of yourselves and be good.